Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Hello, Old Time Crime Gal fans and listeners out there. It's Melissa with my friend. Shannon, hello. cold, apparently. I am cold. I'm over here sweating. I'm anyway, sorry. We always have weather issues. Um, Pretty outside, though. It is, and it's starting to get fall, which I love. Um, so today, we actually are going to take you back a bit and go back to a little bit of what we started out doing, used to do, older stories. Yes. Because um, we got, we both listen to so much true crime podcasts and stuff and stories pop up everywhere. We we like to cover it all, so we consider ourselves well-versed. We are, yes. So Maybe the old is part of who we are. I'm not Our old. age. Oh, okay. You gonna call yourself old? No, I was just trying to give us some help there. <laughs> but no, I'm not old either. Old is, I mean, well, relative. No, my husband we're, makes we're fun of young. me because my hobbies are like old lady hobbies. But yes. anyway. Um... It's because they have meaning. <laughs> so. so we're gonna go back a bit, and we're gonna talk about the Flannan Isles. And I don't—you've never, I've never heard of that. Is it a place? It's a place. So this story involves magical grass. Well, how did you know I'd never heard of it? How I'm you? asking. Oh, okay. no, habit. <laughs> I have never heard of it. <laughs> I, I know most of our stuff. I'm new to. Yes, magical uh, grass. Magical grass. Yep, and an eerie lighthouse. Who doesn't love minute. lighthouses? No, I'm thinking magical grass. That's not like the magical grass no, I'm no, thinking no, no, about no. over here in the States. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> So, the Flannan Isles, it's a, a set of seven small islands off the coast of Scotland. Oh, how fun. Yes, and light, so lighthouses. Okay. I've never been in a lighthouse. I have. Have you been yes. in one? Yes. I mean, I've been well, by them because we have a lot around here. I've taken pictures of them, but never have I gone in the lighthouse. I did actually go in one and climb to the top because... Yeah, it was a fitness goal, actually. <laughs> Do you envision, can you envision living in one? So, like, are they big? So, this one, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't thought, I don't think it was just the lighthouse. I don't know if anybody, how that worked. But it's usually a residence attached to a lighthouse. So, that would be cool if you have a residence. Like, there was actually somewhere up north in the States, was um, on the eastern side, they were just trying to find a lighthouse keeper to stay like weekends. So it's where you have the residence oh, okay. and then you live maybe on the edge of a cliff, cliff? type thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you work the lighthouse. Um, now there is one, I saw on a TV show, there is like an Airbnb that's made out of a oh, lighthouse. Wow. Okay. And that looks like, that would, hey, I live yeah, in that. But that would be cool. What we're talking about and the time frame we're talking about, I don't know if I'll be able to live in a lighthouse. Yeah. I don't know. It would just, it would depend on how things. Um, yeah, it just <laughs> Yep, so I've never um, been in one to envision myself living there, but the Airbnb looked cool. Yeah, and the ones I've been in is just the lighthouse, so I don't know about the residence <laughs> part, but it might be neat. I don't know. If you think about it, and I'm sure this is what we're going to get to in the story, but it can kind of seem eerie, and then at night. Just small. And, just small. Yeah. Well, like we, because we always intend to visit and we go and we take pictures, but no one in my family is going to be like, let's climb up that really tall tower. Yeah. That's just too much work. Yeah. Like you said, with fitness goals. I did it so, for a fitness goal yeah. and I achieved it and I was proud of that. <laughs> I need another one. <laughs> but the, so the small islands are also called the Seven Hunters is like a local name. Like they're, they're rocky. Like no one lives there. They're um, uninhabited. It's just a small group of islands right on the rocky 
Scotland coast. Already sounds spooky. Yes, but there are people who travel there. Foggy. But there are people who go there, like shepherds. Okay. So if you're a shepherd and you have a flock and you want them to grow, you want your flock to grow, or if you have six sheep, you would sail them over to these islands and let them graze on the grass. Oh, okay. The magical grass. Because if you had a sheep who grazed that was pregnant, they would give birth to twins. Okay. Apparently every time. Oh, really? And if you had a sheep with a cold or a sheep that was sick, you would bring it over and it would eat the grass and it would get better. And I guess the shepherds stay there to protect the but sheep. But they never stayed overnight. Oh, they didn't? No. Huh. You never stayed after dark. Interesting. So they left their so sheep? So they would sail, no, they would sail to the to the uh-huh. island, let them graze, herd them back up, bring them back home. Okay, because yeah, shepherds don't leave their sheep. Yeah. Okay. So word spreads of this, and that's like a thing. So you, if you sailed, sailed your sheep over, you gave them the opportunity to, to eat that awesome grass, and then you left by dark. Okay. Why couldn't they stay overnight? It wasn't a well, place it was to like stay. A, it was hilly or just... Well, one, there's not that many places, like, buildings or anything to actually stay in. But a shepherd would sleep out there with the sheep. Or at least they did in the Bible time. Um, well, we're in, like, 18, 1899, 1900, possibly, maybe. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But there was also like folklore about the islands, about how there was spooky things. So there was a reason. So there, so there was like a, oh, a rumor okay. that you don't stay late. Okay. So I think we're going to find out about somebody <laughs> who maybe did that or did yeah. not or something. So, but you know, so fear, fear, you know, no one stayed on the islands overnight. They're fearing that something bad would happen. Okay. So people, you know, sailing into these rocky islands regularly with sheep and trade traffic and you know, at the time, it warranted, like, a construction of a lighthouse. Okay. The National or Northern Board of Lighthouse people decided it would be good to put a lighthouse there. Okay. So, they built a lighthouse. They constructed it in 1896. They built it on the largest of the little islands called um, Aileen Moore. And then our story focuses on the Aileen Moore Lighthouse that okay. they built. So, and there's a mysterious disappearance of three of experienced lightkeepers. Wow. How do you spell Ailing? Aileen. Aileen. How do you spell E I L E A N. Okay. I was just wondering. Aileen Moore. Okay. Yes, that's how I've heard it pronounced. I've heard it both ways. I was just thinking of Ailing. I'm Ailing. Aileen. Aileen. So Aileen. Aileen. Okay. Aileen Moore. Um, so they do have a few like Bothies, which are little huts, but they were in ruins. And there is um, like a chapel named St. Flannan because they are the Flannan Isles. So, obviously, at some point, the person who founded them, there could have been people that lived on the island. Okay. But current, present, at the moment that we're in, no one lived on the island. Okay. Um, but by December of 1899, the lighthouse was finished and ready for duty. And so, when you have the lighthouse, like we were talking about, you need keepers. You need people to run it. This was back when the lamp was lit and right. extinguished. It wasn't like you had... A switch that you could flip or you had, you know, Light. bulbs in there and it was just, it was a little bit more complicated. And so, plus you have to keep the grounds and just upkeep everything. So, there was a team, there was a crew of four people that were assigned to this particular lighthouse. And they worked staggered long shifts of six weeks on, two weeks off. Okay. So, there's three people together in the lighthouse quarters at all times. I think you'd have to really like your co-workers. Yes. Become very friendly or it would be a problem because you're living with them for over a month. And then three at a crowd time. too, you know. Sometimes three can be a crowd. And three men. Yeah. 
three women probably would be worse. Oh, I think three women would be a lot worse. Oh. So. Yeah, I don't know. That would be hard. And thinking about quarters back then, you were very tight. It mm -hmm. wasn't luxury. So, six weeks. That's yep. a long time. Six weeks on, two weeks off. And so, because they actually kept such detailed records, you know, in keeper's logs, we actually know a little bit about what was going on, what the day-to-day -day was, what was happening up until we don't. And that's just weird. That is weird. Okay. So, uh, one year after the lighthouse begins shining, so mid-December of 1900, this is where things take a mysterious turn. So, at this point in time, so our three keepers are stationed there. So, the crew of four is James Ducat, who's 43. He's the principal light keeper. He's the one who's got like 20 years experience. He knows what he's doing. That's his job. He's always, he's been a light keeper for a really long time. So he's like the main guy. Then you have Donald MacArthur, who's 40, who's like an occasional keeper. And he was only there at the time covering a shift for one of the first assistants who was out sick. Okay. So this was like not even his rotation, but he was there. Okay. You have Thomas Marshall, who's 28. So he's like the baby. Um, he's the youngest of the crew. He's the second assistant light keeper. Never really done that kind of thing before. The rookie. And Joseph Moore says he's the last keeper in the rotation, but he was off duty. So he was the one that was two weeks off. Okay. So he was not there during whatever happened, happened. So we are going to talk about December 15th. So a steamship by the name of Archer. Um, passes by the lighthouse, and there's the Captain Holman. He reports that he cannot see the light that was supposed to be coming from the lighthouse. Weather conditions were fine. There should have been no reason why he couldn't see it. It wasn't cloudy. It wasn't stormy. It wasn't foggy. Clear night. He just notates, cannot see the light. So when he docks at the port, he mentions it. He's like, yeah, that was kind of odd. The light was out. But that was it. Okay. Like, he didn't report it to anybody. He so, didn't nobody really went to so, check on him on December 15th. Right. So, if okay. he had turned it in to report it to the Northern Lighthouse Board, they would have sent somebody to check. Right. Because there was no radio connection. Like, there was no way to get in touch with the people that were out there out. So, he was just like, mm, yeah, that's kind of odd. You know, whatever. But had he reported it. Right. Maybe we wouldn't be talking about it. That's I don't know. true. So, obviously, we know something happened. So, now, December 26th. Oh, so that's what, yes. 11 days so, later. December 26th, another ship by the name of Hesperus was making a routine pass by the lighthouse. And Captain James Harvey also noted that the light was not on. He also oh. paid attention to the flagpole where there was nothing flying. Apparently, there was always a flag flying. I guess they could check out wind conditions or how well, the flag was moving. But there was no flag. There should have been a flag. So, he blew his horn on the boat to try to get their attention. That didn't work, so he sent up a flare gun. That didn't work. And so, actually, the fourth keeper that was off-duty was on board the Hesperus. Oh. So, Joseph Moore was like, something's really not right. He's like, why in the lighthouse light on? Why in the flag flying? Like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm going to find out. So, he takes the boat and goes out to find out what's happening. So, he lands on the east landing of Aileen Moore. And he didn't notice anything strange. Everything looked normal. Um, he made his way up to the lighthouse, the entry gate, the entry door, the door behind that was all closed. You know, nothing looked out of place. He got to the kitchen, the door was open. So the fireplace looked like it had not been lit for a couple of days. And obviously they would have needed it in December. Right. In the area that they were in. And so all the clocks in the lighthouse were stopped. 
Oh, wow. See, this is, this is what's, yes. like, freaky. All the clocks were stopped at the same time. Okay. Doesn't say what time. It just says they were all stopped. And so, Joseph Moore described the incident by saying, quote, I then entered the rooms in succession, found the beds empty just as they had left them in the early morning. End quote. So, now you have this lighthouse with everything in it that doesn't look out of order. There's not, like, tables overturned or chairs knocked over or food left on the you know the table it's neat and orderly like it's supposed to be like they just got up and walked away because their beds he said what was that last statement the beds like they just been, just as they left them in the morning so they would have made them up and i mean everything would have yeah. been probably tight you know run tight so that so they were just not there they just were not there oh wow that's Crazy. weird yes and so he decided that maybe he should go back to the boat, gather up some more people, and go see what's happening. I would definitely do that because after <laughs> three people are gone without a trace, I'm not staying there. Yeah, no. So he returned to the ship. He gets more people to come. And so they came ashore and started to try to piece together what had happened. So the lamp of the lighthouse was in working order and able to be lit. Okay. It was prepped and everything. It just wasn't lit. Okay. And so there should have been no reason why it wasn't lit because everything was ready to go. Right. It wasn't like in repair, nothing was damaged, they weren't missing fuel or whatever. It was it was working. And so he lights it and then he stays on the island with three other men. So there's four of them now that are staying overnight. Okay. In the quarters where the people are missing from. Where the people are missing from. And so then they decide that in the morning when they can actually see things because it's at night. I think I'd go stay on the ship. That they would, <laughs> they would start to look for him. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I would stay in the lighthouse. No, I think I would have gone out and gotten back in the boat. And been like, I feel safer in the boat. Yeah. So we're going to find out what he found the next morning. Okay. In just a minute. Okay, so what happened? You want to find out what they found? What did they so after sleeping, they I wonder slept. How, yeah, they had to I sleep. wonder how well they slept. <laughs> I, I would have not because I mean think he, he lived with those guys. Like those are his his roommate. Yeah, the emotion and all of that. Just mm. kind of weird. Yeah. Strange. So they stayed behind. In the morning they decided to find out what had happened. So they remember they landed on the east side of the island and it was perfectly normal. Um, but there were some things amiss on the west end of the island. So they traveled to the other boat dock. Okay. And that landing had some, like, supply, a box of supplies that was missing, um, a tackle box. There was, like, ropes thrown out into the rocky coast. Some handrails were damaged. Huh. Um, some of the iron rails were missing. Okay. That's um, weird. So obviously something had happened there, but, like, what? It was impossible to tell exactly what. Um, so then they start looking at the logs. Because remember, they keep logs notebooks of everything that happened so actually the damage to the west landing was already logged in the book oh okay. a couple of days prior so that it was came to light like that particular area was already damaged at the time of the disappearance so it really wasn't a result from or had anything to do with it it was just there okay did so they did they say what it i didn't okay. say it didn't say how it just said okay. it was already damaged okay so but at the where they're at where they went to so there's a like a life-saving buoy float, like the round ones, okay. that's hung on the railing, and it was missing. But it appeared to be ripped from the railing, like not by somebody taking it off, but like the ocean did it, they said. Huh. Like, But the railing is 110 feet up in the air. 
Yeah, so that's kind of weird. So, I mean, is it possible that a swell took it over? I mean, I, waves can get high. Can they get that high? Hmm. So, actually, so we're in 1900. So, go forward to 1950, there's a historian named Mike Dash who actually studied Elian Moore. And he recorded waves crashing into the the area of the lighthouse and going 300 feet up to the okay. lamp itself. Okay. So it is possible that a big wave came and just... I was going to say, I have no nautical running. experience. So. Yes. <laughs> I have seen huge waves, but I don't, you know, you can't like tell how high something is. Yeah, or, nothing like that. Yeah. So it's possible that maybe a big swell of a wave came, but you've got three experienced lighthouse keepers that should know these things already. Yeah. So that's kind of strange. Um, but because Moore knew the men so well, he lived with them. And their place, like where they stayed, wasn't messed up. So No, right. And there's no one... sign of water next to the lamp, lamp or anything like that. Right. So he, he knows them so well that he could actually take inventory of what clothes were left in the lighthouse to determine what they might have been wearing when they left. Wow. And okay. MacArthur, in particular, had, like, a coat, one coat that he always wore. Okay. And it was there. So, it means he left in a hurry, and you're talking about middle of December. Yeah, he would have Scottish had a coast. coat. Yeah. Um, and he also found the logs from the last few days. So, whatever had caused him to leave, he left without his coat. Hmm. So, maybe in a hurry, maybe trying to save the other two who were... Yelling, screaming, like, then they all got swept out the sea. I don't know. Right. Um, no one knows. Why it's a mystery. But, so the last day that was recorded in the logs was December 13th. Um, but they do have some small entries for the 14th and the 15th. That include the time the light was extinguished on the morning of the 15th. Now, I remember the boat, the first boat, came by on the night of the 15th. Right. So, so see the light. So, actually, they have weather readings up to 9 a.m. on that day. So, whatever happened, happened the 15th. Okay. It's because when the ship came that night, the light was not lit. Got it. So, the, the light never made it to get lit. So, the log noted that the team had been a little down in morale. So, they were all feeling a little little off. Um, but, more importantly, the weather reports didn't mention any storms or wave surges. So, did it mention, it just said they're down in morale, or it had, Well, like, so some so reports... What was the wordage? Well, some reports state additional journals were found by the youngest member of the crew, Thomas Marshall, who was 28. I think he had a personal journal that he was actually writing in to, to stay sane, to... I mean, yeah. you have to have something to, to do to let out your frustrations of being cooped up in this lighthouse, and it's cold, and it's dark. Probably wet and, and damp, and, you know, I just think back then. You know, it's not not the best of times, especially if you're not used to it. If he's new and this was like, hey, let me try this this gig out, and that, yeah. that gig would kind of kind of be awful for a while. Right. And uh, But good old Ducant was like the, the experienced one, had a wife and four kids at home. This was probably vacation to him for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> he was like, I'm just going to go to my quiet lighthouse, chill out for a couple of weeks, and then... <laughs> Back home. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so does the, the, the young guy it. say much in his journal? So he, know, he detailed that MacArthur um, had seemed really quiet over the last few days and had even been seen like crying, huh. which was odd for him. Um, and then his final entry read, quote, storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. Wow. However, the logs didn't indicate any storm activity. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. So, maybe it was a storm, like a personal storm. Or maybe or... it was an hallucination. We talked about that a while ago. True. Maybe. So, but the entire island was searched with no signs of the three men. I mean, these are not big islands. I'm just still so, wondering about the magical grass. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, however, still, you know, they still had somebody who they could ask questions. And his name was Roderick McKenzie. So, Roderick McKenzie, he's a gamekeeper. And, you know, there's no radio communication between the lighthouse and the main island. So, he lived about 18 miles south um, in this place called Galen Head. And he could visually see the lighthouse from where mm-hmm. he was at. And so, um, his job, he was paid money, like eight pounds a year, which is not a lot, but um, by the government to keep an eye out on the lighthouse and to report if anything is amiss, like, feel like being out. Right. (laughs) So, um, he was required to log every day whether or not he saw the light, whether or not he saw signals, and what was going on. And so... Obviously, he didn't do his job very well. Yes, because Um, (laughs) 11 days went by. Yeah. So, So the um, way they did that was they would stick a bar out of the rails of the top of the lighthouse that had, like, these balls or these discs that would sway with the wind. So, if he looked out and he saw something, like, hanging from the lighthouse, it was a cue of, like, hey, we need assistance. Report it. Send somebody out because something might need repair. Somebody might be hurt. You know, that was like, just keep an eye on it or whatever. And he didn't do that. But there was no bars or discs. Like, they hadn't tried to signal anything. Okay. But the light had been out. That was... He just didn't do his job. One red flag. Yes. Was he paid for that, Mm -hmm. I guess? Okay. He was paid eight pounds a year. Okay, that's... Which, I mean, I'm sure that was not his only job, but... Right. Um, you know, how hard is it to at least look out one day right now and then and say, okay, yeah, gotcha. Lights on today, gotcha. Um, not hard, but apparently not important enough. I could to see me failing at that. <laughs> well, I, to be honest, but I mean, I knew if it was like lives yeah, were at stake. Yeah, that's true. Like now, they have no other way. State, yeah, that's true. I wouldn't do that. I would make sure I saw. And but it, but in in all I mind just, of frame, probably would have been like, oh, if someone else notices it out, somebody might call. I mean, that's a pretty big thing if the lighthouse doesn't have its light. But if he's the one that's supposed to do it, people are like, oh, well, he'll see it, you know, so. Because yeah. it was his job that he got paid for. Right, but the ironic thing was, so Ducant, who's the head lighthouse keeper, who has the experience, asked the lighthouse board to do an experiment of how long it would take for someone to notice a signal from the lighthouse to get help out there. And the board said that they denied that experiment and let <gasps> them do it. Oh, no. Obviously, it took longer than two weeks. It did, yes. They denied that. So, from the wherever he is so nothing, at, nothing it's really like has I told changed you so. with work history over yeah. the hundred years. <laughs> yes. Communication is key. That's people. right. Even Please. when your phone is right in front of you. Oh my gracious! To everyone. Yes. How hard is it to answer a question? No, we deny that. We don't really care how long it takes <laughs> to get help to your, while y'all are stranded on an island. That's comforting to know. Yeah, I, ha- I have in my notes. So, so, Roderick admitted. So, like, once it was apparent that something happened and investigators are starting to figure out, like, hey, we pay this guy to check on this. Let's go knock on his door and see how things are. So, they came to him. And he has it in his paperwork that he had been ab- unable to see the lighthouse from December 13th, even though we have logs from the 13th, mm-hmm. 
to the 29th. But, and then in, my, in another report, it says that the uh, John Moore, um, excuse me, Joseph Moore, cut it back on on the 26th when Hesperus came by. So there's a little discrepancy in the notes there. Okay. But either way, he has in his notes that for at least two weeks, the light was not on. Wow. And so I, ha- I have here, I was like, Roderick admitted that he was concerned about not seeing the light for nearly two weeks, but did not report it to the Northern Lighthouse Board until they came knocking on his door. And then in all caps, you had one job. Yes, one <laughs> job. You had one job. How do you, I mean, like, I, huh, that's weird. Oh, it's been a week. Huh. The first day, but the second day. Even the third know, day. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you go make sure they need help because there's an obvious problem. You know, especially with three of them doing it. It would be different if there was one and let's say he got sick and was in the bed for like two days and just never got up there. <laughs> See, then they at least put the pole on the thing with the, the ball of the That's disc. True. And then yeah. it would have been like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe they do need help. Even, I mean, light was out for two weeks. Wow. Two weeks. Knowing those people out there have no form of communication other than their little <laughs> swinging stick. <laughs> did, did he say, hey, something might be wrong? I hope that since 1900, that Scottish government has maybe vetted their employees a little bit better. I don't know. Things have gone south. Uh, I mean, I thought things were good back in the day, but obviously not everywhere. Not in this particular not case. Not the Island, Island, Island. Moore Lighthouse. Yes. So, so really, what happened? Like, what happened? All right, so are we getting ready to find out, like, no one knows what happened. That's why it's unsolved. But, like, there's theories floating around the internet, of course, of everyone has their opinion on what might have happened. So, do you have some um, for us? I do. So, there's one, like, being swept out to sea by a huge wave. Um, but no bodies had washed up. Okay. I mean, this current's got to take them somewhere. It was, everything eventually washes up somewhere. There's no skeletons floating around that have come yeah. ashore. But how close? Could have been eaten by sharks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the water's like there. I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. If there um, was cliffs, they could have gotten beat up. Well, they they could have been thrown off the island by a high wind. Apparently, one of the uh, cliffs around there is supposed to be like the windiest place in the world. I can see that. So, they could have just gotten to. But again, they're experienced lighthouse keepers. If the wind's blowing hard, you're going to stand next to the cliff? True. That's true. Hey, man, it's really strong out here. See, let's play a game. See if you can hold your footing. True. Unless one of them decided to do something crazy because they got depressed yeah. and then the others tried to help or, um, you know, and tried to had to pull the, the flotation ring and throw it out at mm-hmm. trying to help them and they slipped. And I mean, so many crazy things could have happened. So one internet theory, you know, that the keepers had mental breaks due to isolation and Maybe snapped and one attacked the other two and then jumped in the sea himself. But again, everything, no sign of a struggle. There's no blood anywhere. There's no, I mean, these were grown men. There would be some type of yeah, struggle. Something. I'm not going to be like, here, throw me off the cliff. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Is there another so, theory? Um, aliens. Oh, okay. I, I like, maybe they decided to try the miracle grass <laughs> maybe maybe they ate the grass and, and the grass made them like hey we can fly or there's a life buoy and let's get in this and swing from it and hang and no. i don't know well no the thing wasn't attached outside like it'd been hung it wasn't attached no yeah no so it means like it was attached but then it was pulled no off. no okay well where is it they found it. Did they go out to sea too? Or did they fly point. with it? No, that's my point. Like maybe they got in it to swing from because of the miracle grass. 
And then when he fell <laughs> because it ripped theory, apart. <laughs> no, this is my theory. Okay. Okay. This is the old time crime gal Shannon theory. So they're like, hey, let's swing from this thing. It's like a swing. And then they're swinging and then it pulls apart. And they're like, oh no. And then they go, because other people had been eating the miracle grass. Okay. And they jump to help him to like, you know, let's just blow away. All right. We don't know anything about the miracle grass. It's just that she. <laughs> I brought up the miracle grass. <laughs> yes. They went over there to eat and they'd get well or have twins. Well, or... no one mentioned about the miracle grass. So, so aliens is a theory. Um, all I, the... I like or miracle supernatural. Grass. I don't believe in aliens. Well, all... oh, magic, but you believe in magic grass. <laughs> well, no, I do. No. I mean, well, if, what if it's not just magic grass? Maybe it's something like, uh, you know, like an herb or something. Maybe it made them hallucinate. That's right. That's yeah. my point. I, I don't know. Um, oh, magic grass. Not miracle grass. Yeah. Okay. Well, either one. Mag yeah. Magic miracle. I don't know. It's a miracle to the shepherd if you look at a greater flock. Um, yeah. But remember, all the all the clocks in the house were stopped. So you're going to hallucinate oh, and then yeah. go stop all your clocks at the same time? That's just weird. Oh, yeah. I forgot so about that. That was a supernatural thing. Aliens. Oh, <laughs> it could have. Or they could have, no, like, they could have hallucinated the clocks, scared them, and they stopped the clock. It's possible. I, anything is possible because we don't know what happened. that's right but it's anything i mean it is, is sad for the families that lost their loved ones and you know it is sad there's always sad but we just don't know what it's happened weird. yeah this one's like the lead mask ones did you do you know about the lead mask first mm -mm. okay all right Maybe that might be another that one. might be another one for another week um i get educated like you do if you don't know <laughs> but, but that um yeah that is the lighthouse at Aileen Moore back in 1900, going back wow. a little bit. Yeah. So there you go. We, yeah. Um, very interesting because it's just disappearances are always strange. Ooh, the Mary Celeste. Yeah, I've got a few disappearance right. ones yeah. from back in the day. Makes you wonder. Because usually something can be found, something. So it's kind of odd. And we've done a couple of disappearances. Yeah. Our... Didn't we do Roanoke Colony? Did we do that one? We have What'd a lot. What'd you say? If you, the Roanoke Colony. No, we didn't do that one. We I had another one? Okay. Well, no, we didn't. That's that. another one on my list. So, anyway, very interesting. Anyways, that's this week, and um, so we will hopefully be back. I'm not going to promise that we'll be back in a week, because I know they've been staggered lately, which is fine. Thank Thanks you for, for still listening. Yes. Because life is, life is busy. It happens. Um, But you can find us on Facebook. So, there there has been some, some growth to our Facebook group, which is amazing. So, welcome all the new members. Yes. Um, feel free to get up there and get chit chatty on the boards. Uh, suggest stories if you'd like. We did have someone reach out to us, so thank you. That, yeah, um, which has brought us back to our older stories. And we just want to remember you can email us oldtimecrimegals at gmail.com. You know, I'm Melissa. This is Shannon. Yep, and yeah, remember, I know I threw you off. It's okay. <laughs> and yep. yep, if you do the crime, it'll catch up with you in time, and we'll talk about it. <laughs>